Welcome to the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast. This podcast is sponsored by my supporters on Patreon and by B Books, publisher of A Farmer's Guide to Climate Disruption, which is now available in print, ebook, and audiobook. B Books also publishes climate smart romance novels by Tara L. Roy. Learn more at bbooks.org. You'll also get free climate smart downloads, including tips for weathering drought and flood, and the Farm Emergency Preparedness Plan. When you subscribe to BeeBooks newsletter, sign up at beebooks.org, beebooks.org. I'm your host, author and multimedia artist, Rebecca L. Fraser, and I'm excited to share this episode of the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast with you. So let's dig into it. This episode is sponsored by Kmoot brand Coruscant Wheat. Visit kmoot.com to learn more about Kmoot brand Coruscant Wheat, its history, recipes, nutrition, research, and products available. Part 4. Soil. The climate below your feet. In wetter periods, healthy soils act as a reservoir to infiltrate and percolate water, reduce erosion, and sedimentation. In periods of high heat, healthy soils hold available water and regulate soil temperature. Marjorie Kaplan, Associate Director of the Rutgers Climate Institute. From carbon sink to emitter of nitrous oxide, the ground on which you stand has more power than you think. The USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service declared soil health the number one concern in 2015. The United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, declared 2015 the International Year of Soils. Why all the fuss? In years past, scientists viewed soil as an inert substrate that had no significant biological properties of its own. From the 1930s until recently, common agricultural practice held that this substrate could sprout life, provided it had the right inputs. After the Dust Bowl devastated the Midwestern area of the United States known as the breadbasket, the Soil Conservation Service was established to mitigate the effects of the Dust Bowl and prevent a similar event from happening again. Important land management techniques introduced in the Dust Bowl era designed to stem erosion, such as contour farming and crop rotation, fell out of favor as market demand grew. Monoculture farming, also known as monocropping, and the intensive use of chemical fertilizers and pesticides put more pressure on the soil and, in particular, placed more stress on the biological components of the soil. Although it took almost half a century for the scientific and agricultural community to recognize the damage done to soil health and another two decades to spread the word, we are beginning to understand that soil is not a lifeless substrate. Chapter 8 Profile of a Misunderstood Substrate 
With the Connecticut River meandering through it, the Pioneer Valley of Massachusetts is prized for its rich soils. Here, CSAs abound, and local farmers sell their goods at farm stands, vibrant farmers markets, and to local grocers and national chains. Tomatoes of all kinds are a summer staple, and rich varieties of squash decorate many a table from August through December. Yet all is not perfect in this idyllic New England community. Agriculture is becoming a victim of its own success, said Massachusetts NRCS state conservationist Christine Clark. There is an incredible pressure on farmers to find land to produce the crops demanded by the market. As demands for local food, plus an outbreak of Phytophthora capsici in 2015, forced some farmers to move to steep hay fields to produce their crops, Clark grew concerned about the environmental impact. She lamented, When farmers go to fresh soil, they're often plowing down hay fields, which are a carbon sink for the reduction of greenhouse gases. Phytophthora capsici, a highly infectious water mold that is lethal to certain vegetable crops including squash, pumpkins, cucumbers, potatoes, tomatoes, and peppers, infested one field after another. Crops were destroyed, and farmers watched profits dissolve. As if that wasn't bad enough, farmers suddenly had the added expense of renting new cropland that had not been infected by the mold. The destruction is pretty easy to see, reported Tom Aiken, the NRCS Massachusetts state resource conservationist who responded to the farmers in crisis. He continued, The trail of dead plants usually follows the flow path of moisture in the soil. Where soil ponds, the impact is the worst. One way to mitigate the effects of Phytophthora capsici is to improve soil health. Aiken said anything a farmer does to reduce soil compaction and improve drainage can help. Could the outbreak actually have been prevented with better soil management practices? Much Ado About Soil Healthy soil is a living organism teeming with bacteria, fungi, and microorganisms that must be nourished to provide a healthy environment for plants to grow and thrive. Today, the USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service, NRCS, formerly known as the Soil Conservation Service, is promoting soil health as a means to foster a thriving agroeconomy. Explained Jimmy Bramblett, former Wisconsin State Conservationist with USDA NRCS, we're looking at soil as a living ecosystem and trying to maximize the chemical, physical, and biological properties of any type of soil out there. Most current nutrient management programs focus on the chemistry of that equation. Bramblett said adding the biology and the structure to the equation enables farmers to enhance the soil and make it more resilient. Resilient soil healthy soil. Engaging in practices that promote soil health benefits growers by saving on labor, fertilizer, water, and pesticides.
Creating healthy, resilient soil is simple in some regards, yet complicated by the diversity of ecosystems in every region. California alone has over 2,500 different types of soils and more than 300 crops. In Wisconsin's soils, increasing organic matter by just 1% results in increased water holding capacity on the average soil in Wisconsin by about 27,000 gallons. That's great for Wisconsin, but a 1% increase in organic matter may not be enough in other growing areas. Idaho has two very distinct climate areas. The Snake River Plain receives 12 inches or less of rainfall per year, while areas of southern Idaho are basically temperate rainforest. And Florida is warm and wet. How do you know what your soil needs? California state conservationist Carlos Suarez depends on the information from soil surveys NRCS scientists conduct in order to help producers. He asks, Given the producer's type of soil and the desired crop, what type of practices do they need to use to grow that crop? He continued, Soil health is so critical. Healthy soil retains moisture, which enables crops to grow. Healthy soil also promotes plant health by, among other things, preventing plant pathogens and diseases from taking hold. Could the outbreak of Phytophthora capsici in Massachusetts' Pioneer Valley have been prevented? According to Aiken, the disease is difficult to manage, but it's also preventable. The former agronomist said that's where the importance of managing for soil health comes in. What's in healthy soil? According to Soil Carbon Restoration, a white paper published by the Massachusetts chapter of the Northeast Organic Farming Association, available online at nofamass.org carbon, a teaspoon of healthy soil contains more microbes than there are people on earth. NRCS reported that a teaspoon of productive soil generally contains between 100 million and 1 billion bacteria, as much mass as two cows per acre. Activity of soil organisms follows seasonal as well as daily cycles. Availability of food is an important factor that influences the population and level of activity of soil organisms. What do soil organisms consume? Among other things, Soil organisms break down carbon and nitrogen, two of the most detrimental greenhouse gases. That's the good news, because it means that bringing your soil to optimal health is not only good for your plants, and thus your operation, but also it helps to mitigate and even slow global warming, which means you'll have more predictable weather patterns to plan around. Microbes, bacteria, and fungi, oh my! The words bacteria and fungi may send shivers down your spine. However, only one of four functional groups of bacteria and one of three functional groups of fungi pose a threat to your crops, the pathogens. The other three types of bacteria are beneficial. Decomposers, mutualists, and lithotropes, or chemoautotrophs, each have their function on your farm, 
As Ann Kennedy of USDA Agricultural Research Service shared in Bug Biography, Bacteria That Promote Plant Growth, certain strains of the soil bacteria Pseudomonas fluorescens have antifungal activity that inhibits some plant pathogens. Decomposer bacteria consume simple carbon compounds such as root exudates and convert energy from soil organic matter into forms useful to the rest of the organisms in the soil food web. Decomposers are especially important in immobilizing or retaining nutrients in their cells, thus preventing the loss of nutrients, such as nitrogen, from the rooting zone. The decomposer and mutualist fungi do their part to promote soil health as well. Elaine R. Ingham reported in The Living Soil, Fungi, that fungi perform important services related to water dynamics, nutrient cycling, and disease suppression. Decomposers convert hard-to-digest organic material into forms that other organisms can use. Fungal hyphae physically bind soil particles together, creating stable aggregates to help increase water infiltration and soil water holding capacity. Soil Health in Practical Terms if the science sounds complicated, even irrelevant, it's not. Julie Rawson of Many Hands Organic Farm in Barrie, Massachusetts, altered her farming practices in 2011 when she learned about soil carbon sequestration. She said, Now, if I get four and a half inches of rain, no big deal. It all goes right into the ground. And if there's a drought, no big deal. The soil holds on to that water, so the plants have it when they need it. Weathering climate disruption and thriving in her evolving ecosystem have enabled Rawson to keep her business strong. More than that, Rawson and her team, including husband Jack Kittredge, former policy director of NOFA Massachusetts and author of the white paper, Soil Carbon Restoration, Can Biology Do the Job?, have been doing their part to stem the tide of climate disruption so their children and grandchildren will be able to thrive as farmers in the coming decades. Kittredge wrote, Most analysts believe we must stop burning fossil fuels to prevent further increases in atmospheric carbon and find ways to remove carbon already in the air if we want to lessen further weather crises. There is only one practical approach, to put it back where it belongs, in the soil. Fortunately, this is not an expensive process, but it does take large numbers of people agreeing to take part. One of the things I loved about interviewing the people featured in this episode was learning about soil. Until I spoke with these folks, I hadn't thought much about the ground beneath me. Personally, any time I learn something new about the natural world that gives it what I would describe as more character, I'm thrilled. I never would have imagined what's really underneath my feet is a whole world. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Climate Smart Farming Show. Tune in next time to learn about the role of cover crops in mitigating climate change and increasing soil health. 
from 36 kernels and legends of discovery in Egyptian tombs. Today, Kamut brand Khorasan wheat, an ancient grain guaranteed under the Kamut brand to never be hybridized or genetically modified, always organically grown, prized for its nutrition, ease of digestibility, sweet, nutty, buttery taste, and firm texture, can be found throughout the world in products including breads, pasta, pizza, cereals, snacks, pastries, crackers, beer, green foods, and cereal drinks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Climate Smart Farming Show. Tune in next time to learn more about climate smart farming methods. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.